five, 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 the second of the 2020 year-end wrap-up episodes here on the Top 5 Film Doc. And I'm back with a very good friend of mine, Mr. Stephen Murphy, a.k.a. Nocturnal Reviews, for his second, we'll call it sophomore outing with me on the podcast here. How are you, brother? Happy 2021. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, happy 2021. Finally made it. <laughs> we made it. Um, we survived. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. We had a good You're chat the last time, so I'm glad to come back on again. You're very welcome, man. You're very welcome. Um, that being said, buddy, you were the, the guy I wanted to talk about what a chaotic uh, 2020, a year uh, 2020 was. And um, yeah, to, to get into brass tacks, brother, we're going we're gonna to be counting down our top five of 2020. Now, obviously, 2020 was um, a little bit light on the theatrical releases, but that doesn't mean that you and I didn't still get to see, uh, I, I don't know how many you saw, but I saw well over 50 movies just on uh, yeah. PVOD, Netflix, Amazon Prime, wherever the hell anything was released over the year. Um, if, I, if I remember correctly, you have a letterbox account, correct? I actually don't have a letterbox. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, and I know. sorry, I thought we talked about that in passing on the last Yeah, time. I know I, a lot of people have letterbox accounts. I, ha- I have an account. I just don't really use it. Same. I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah, I don't, I don't use know. it, man. I've got one sitting there. Let's jump into her, buddy. Let's go in uh, with our, our uh, honorable mention. What's your own one honorable mention for, for okay. two? One that didn't make the yeah. list. Like, I have I have three honorable mentions, but All right. I have one. I have one that actually really surprised me. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Shutter original. Oh, cool! So it's like a. It was probably the only horror movie that actually was. I know you know I'm big <laughs> into horror movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to throw one in there. But uh, did you hear? You ever hear of Host? Of what? Sorry. A movie called Host. Host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that a Zoom horror movie. That's only like fifty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool. Like it, I was so surprised with it. Basically, just yeah, Zoom horror movie. There's yeah. like five room and Zoom call. Um, oh. Normally, stuff like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really enjoy those, those yeah. kind of um, uh, movies set on Zoom calls and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's good. Re- some really, really good jump scares. And like you said, it was only like fifty minutes long. So cool. I gotta check it out. It was good. I, it was very, very, um, very, very enjoyable. Is it similar to Unfriended that we watched a couple of years yeah, ago? Yeah, similar to Unfriended, but a lot better than Unfriended. Really? Okay, because I was pretty entertained by both of the Unfriended movies, the the first one and then the Dark Web one, which I thought was yeah. really Yeah, they were, they were okay, I guess, but Zoom, or not Zoom, sorry, Host, it yeah. just, it, I don't know, it just does a really, really good job of scaring you, like, from the start. Okay, um, cool. That's what I need. I, I could go, use a good adrenaline rush of a movie. Yeah, and, yeah, it's yeah. good. I was very surprised at it now. Cool, man. What's the other um, honorable mention there, pal? Um, so I have Possessor. Have you seen Possessor? Oh, yeah. Okay, so ironically enough, that was one of my honorable mentions. I have that yeah. in something else. And um, I enjoyed, you actually recommended it to me. And uh, yeah. I checked it out one afternoon and like, what a warped movie, eh? Yeah, um, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, it's, it's real. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's just real brutal. Like, Yeah. Uh, Which I appreciated because there wasn't any other movie other than like, uh, personally, Extraction that was like that where it was like kind of like upped on the on the blood and the gore. Yeah. The um. But yeah, I thought Possessor was was great. I liked. I'm excited to see what Brandon Cronenberg does. I know he's got a, a new yeah with his dad, but um, he's, it was interesting. I mean, for the budget, I checked it out afterwards, and like I think it only had like a like two or three million dollar budget they mm. made it work with what they had um especially yeah. when it came to the climax there and, and i don't want to spoil that for everybody but i know you and i probably enjoyed that last like 10 minutes yeah um, it's intense uh, it's a, i thought it was a really cool concept as well yeah um, yeah absolutely christopher abbott as well yeah. who's been who was in the sinner have you ever seen the sinner uh the tv show yeah no haven't watched it is there two or three seasons of that now right there's two. No, he was in. He's been in the first. Yeah, he's been in both seasons. Um, he was in. Uh, it comes at night as well. Another kind of slow burn uh, horror movie. Night, he's starting. Oh, to- the one with uh, Joel Edgerton, where everybody's bunkered down in the house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. And cool, he great. was in that recent one in 2020, Black Bear as well. Um, uh, from Parks wait, and that was this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Black Bear is called. Girl from Parks and Rec, isn't it? But he's he's starting to pop up in things now recently, and uh, he's he he has. A really good performance in Possessor, I thought. Um, 
Yeah, Possessor I dug. And I mean, it being filmed in Toronto too, it was funny to see some spots. Was and, it filmed in Toronto? Yeah, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, uh, some spots right down the street from my work. And uh, yeah. Yeah, nice little, little shout out to our beloved city there. Um, yeah. I'm a sucker for, for anything Will Smith. So my other honorable mention is just a kind of a throwaway. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually watched it the other day just to like, think to myself like oh you know what i really did enjoy this was a uh, bad boys for life man like oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. so it's so jacked up and like the action is is still there uh yeah. maybe not to like the michael bay levels of like explosion porn that we might be used to but fuck the jo- the jokes still land and like lawrence and smith are still just dynamite together um yeah. so yeah that was my other honorable mention uh those two possessor and then bad boys for life so bad boys for life on your list it wasn't on my list i had the other one i had was the invisible man the one that came out at the start of the year there, which is cool, cool, yeah, a good movie too. I, 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 I've seen it three times, and every yeah, time I watch times. it, I have yeah. more problems with it. But I, mm-hmm. I really like uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen, who plays uh, I guess we can call him the villain, um, and then Elizabeth Moss does no, no wrong in my eyes. Like yeah, I think she's, she's one of the best she's actresses. Yeah, I think she's one of the best working right now. So, but that being said, brother, I want you to start off, man. Jump into her. I'm excited to hear what your top five are for 2020. Okay. Um, so number five then, um, Darius Martyr's movie, uh, Sound of Metal. Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. Oh, great movie. I just finally watched that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riz Ahmed and yeah. Olivia, Olivia Cook is her name, I think. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct, man. So, um, Yeah, this one is like, I for me, it, it's definitely going to get an Oscar nominee, I think, just because, yeah. well, for one, I think the, sta- the acting in it is, is like outstanding. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed. He's, I've seen him now. I only saw him in that, and then I saw him in um, that TV show, The Night Of which I actually only recently watched too. Um, How'd you like it? I liked it. I think it was, I think it dragged out a little bit mm-hmm. um, in yep. the show, but again, acting wise, amazing story wise was, was really, really good in that TV show as well. But um, Sound of Metal is, it's different. Like it's kind of a movie that I didn't think I would love. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see how like he's a drummer and, and you know, he's, his whole life is, around sound like without sound his life basically is nothing so yeah. when he loses his hearing um you you kind of see how he uh deals with losing his hearing and, and he's a, he's a drug addict as well so yeah um, he's you can see those that temptation is creeping back in as well and it's it's just a really powerful story i think um and i think it relates with anyone like i mean Oh, like your hearing could go like that any day, like, and you you could be thrown into this kind of, um, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but Chaos, you know, your life yeah. could just be turned upside down, like, yeah, anything. absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think I thought that was, just, I think it's an outstanding film. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a slow, I mean, it's a slow enough film. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be for everyone, but um, I think there's a really good point there um, that you just have to cherish everything that you have because. It could be gone in seconds. Absolutely. You know? And you know what? I, I watched it after you recommended it to me. We were talking, I think, one week, uh, about two or three weeks ago before Christmas. Yeah. And you recommended it to me because you would put a post up on it. And uh, yeah. I watched it. I didn't love it the first time I watched it. And I think just because like, I couldn't co- concentrate. Yeah. Um, but I've watched it a second time. And like, I really want to see him get some sort of recognition for it, whether it be, again, a Golden Globe or an Oscar. And I think this is going to be the year that like a lot of these indie movies that um, like catch our attention like as film yeah. fans. Um, finally get the accolades that they deserve. But yeah, man, I mean, from a perspective of somebody myself who's in recovery, Mm. I can relate to that. And that's where it hit like a a real chord for me. Um, The second viewing was like one of those, okay, yeah, like I empathize not only with this character, but that I can relate. And yeah, um, yeah, it it got to the core of me, man. It really did get to the core of me. It just barely, barely, barely made my top five. Um, Pardon me, it it was outside of my top five. Mm. Um, I just think... uh, the only reason they didn't was because I feel like the third act is not as good as the rest of the movie. When like 
yeah he's hearing and then like when he goes off to the farm and so on and so forth but yeah Riz Ahmed everybody if you haven't seen Sound of Metal you can find it now on uh, Video On Demand I think it's coming to Amazon Prime uh, within the month right before uh, the awards consideration so yeah. number five yeah, I choice. think it definitely will be issue. it'll be issue, and I think just in terms of the year like I think it like if the year hadn't went as it did mm-hmm. I don't know if it if it would have got an Oscar nominee I, agree. I feel like I agree. it probably will know because there is I mean, yeah. I really and rightfully so I think it should I think it's again one of those films that like would have got brushed under the rug any other year but because yeah. there's all of a sudden a lot of eyes on a lot of movies that again are independent and kind of quiet yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a different year so um, I'm gonna go a complete 180 and um, I love him he, he is a, a messiah within our film community um, and the man can do wrong. And I actually had a debate yesterday with somebody on the show regarding Inception. Uh, but Christopher Nolan, he takes a swing and sometimes it hits a home run. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, my number five, and if this is on your list, remember, you can tell me to shut up because we'll talk about it later. Uh, but my number five I'm going with is Tenet. How can it move before I touch it? From your point of view, you caught it. But from the bullet's point of view, you dropped it. The cause comes before effect. No, that's just the way we see time. Well, what about free will? That bullet wouldn't have moved if you hadn't put your hand there. Either way we run the tape, you made it happen. Don't try to understand it. Um, a movie that I've now seen, I think, four times. And as I see it more and more, I gain more of an appreciation for it. Now, as I was saying, Nolan always swings for the fences. The guy is obsessed with uh, you know, the themes and, and the, the processes of time. And um, of you know what, what, how can how can we manipulate reality and so on and so forth? And I think this is his his biggest swing yet. And there are parts that really work, which are really fucking entertaining. And there are parts that don't, but the yeah. parts that are visually stimulating and then story like wise very very well constructed uh, make up for the few things that in the movie don't make a lot of sense. And, and yeah. wrote on I, I forgot to say because I watched it over the weekend and I was having as good of a time watching it. Um, fit in my fourth or fifth time as i was my first or second time so um yeah and i'm excited i I don't know if if because it wasn't as big of a hit as i think warner brothers expected uh at least domestically uh, because i think it capped out at like around 50 ish 55 ish million but overseas made a killing so if they're going to continue to develop this you know uh universe and this kind of tenant world that clearly the ending hints at i'm excited to see what's going to happen um tenant number five so obviously Yeah. yeah, I I agree with you there. Like it's yeah. it's definitely a movie that you got to rewatch yeah. a couple of times. Um, not going to say anything now because it could yeah. or may not be on my list. All right, all right, my apologies. I might I might have <laughs> overtalked there. Next time, just tell me to zip it if there's something else on the list. So. Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right, buddy, keep going there. So uh, again, we're chugging along. Um, number four. Number yeah. four. Okay, so. Uh, you know me, the last podcast, I, I, I can be a bit biased with Irish movies. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one. It's, a, it's an animated um, movie. It's on Apple TV at the moment. It's called okay. Wolfwalkers. Don't kill me. Ha! I do what I like. Come here. You're, you're a... Uh, Wolfwalker. So what? You should thank me. Why? I saved the life. Saved me? You bit me. Well, you kicked me in the gob enough times. It's the same um, group of people who did uh, The Book of Kells um, in 2009. Or sorry, yeah, 2009. Songs of the Sea in 2014. Mm -hmm. And um, The Breadwinner then in 2017, which were all nominated for Oscars. Yes, yeah. Um, None of them won, but uh, I think Wolfwalkers will be the one that's going to win, I think, this year. I think it will beat soul um for okay for big statement you heard it here folks first folks yeah. uh, <laughs> see for me <laughs> irish folklore obviously yeah. um growing up i heard a lot of these like irish stories with, yeah. you know, uh, we 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 grew up um our parents telling us all these um mythical stories about irish irish um we'll say i don't know stuff in, in ireland basically mm-hmm. and what these directors irish directors are trying to do is they're trying to bring these anime or bring these stories to life um which they have over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. the um the animation is all like hand-drawn so it's it's animation is absolutely incredible like it's it's just it tells everything in each scene tells a story cool rare Um, to see these days the hand-drawn stuff like yeah yeah and it's just a really 
it's a really magical animation. Um, and I just, for me, like growing up, if I was a kid and I, and I, I had these stories come to life on the TV, it's, yeah. it's just, it blows my mind. Like, so when I see them when I'm older, these yeah. were the stories that my parents taught, told me when yeah. I was younger. Um, it's basically about uh, the movies uh, set in Ireland in a place called Kilkenny. And it's uh, an English father and daughter um, moved to Ireland because obviously Ireland had taken over mm-hmm. or England had taken over Ireland back in the day. And um, they moved to Ireland to um, help get rid of the wolves or so-called wolves that are in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the daughter befriends one of the wolves who is actually a girl, but at midnight they turn into wolves. So they're humans during the day. I explained that wrong. Uh, okay. Okay. This is very brave ask. They're like mythical kind of creatures. Yeah, yeah. They turn into wolves at night and then she gets bit by one of them and then she ends up being one of them and then it's a whole other story. But cool. Um, it's just such a just such a beautiful story. Um and uh it yeah, just made me really, really happy. So <laughs> was this like a uh folklore tale that your parents used to scare you with? Or like no, was this yeah, like... <laughs> that was pretty scary. No, this story actually. Like, Jesus Christ, if I told my five-year-old this, she'd shit her pants. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, this story, actually, my parents never told me this story. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Is, if, you, if you Google, like, Irish folklore, like, yeah. some incredible stories, and these directors are starting to bring them to life cool. um, in animated movies. So it's just, for me, it's, it's, it's really touching, like, and it's, uh, it holds a place in my heart, like, because it's uh, obviously Irish. is all about it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool, man. I, excellent pick. Again, like, it's something... I've I seen think your daughter would love it as well. I think I'll check it out with her then, because you know what, we're we're always looking for something. God knows we've we've just completely um, exhausted Disney Plus. Yeah, welcome, welcome yeah. to being a parent. Um, but yeah, this sounds fantastic, and it's, I love the hand drawn stuff. The hand drawn stuff is always uh, yeah. I love stuff, especially yeah. considering that's what we grew up with, right? So, um, so to go from family friendly to a little bit more, um, we'll call it intense of a topic. Uh, and, and I still, I, I'm, I'm firmly stating this. I believe that Vanessa Kirby will get an Oscar nomination for this film. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky this year because this is something that came up on my radar right before TIFF started um, in Toronto, where we're both from. Yeah. Um, and it's a film starring Vanessa Kirby, Alan Burstyn, and Shia LaBeouf. And it's called Pieces of a Woman. Is it, is it about what, what people think? It's about you. It's about you having to... Face this I am and... facing this. I am facing it. I am facing this. Well, I don't think you are. So Piece of a Woman just got it optioned and picked up by Netflix. And it's basically the story of um, a, a young couple who are uh, on the night that uh, Vanessa Kirby, Vanessa Kirby of uh, Mission Impossible Fallout fame, yeah. is uh, giving birth. What ends up happening is uh, a mishap, I guess, to say the least, in regards to the birthing process. Uh, and I don't want to give away too much because this movie comes out in, I think, three weeks on Netflix. Um, and looks, well, I, should, I shouldn't say looks. Uh, the trailer that has been released hasn't given much of the plot away. Uh, but when it comes to just powerhouse performances, and I, and I feel that both Kirby and uh, Shia LaBeouf definitely deserve some recognition for this. I would love to see some, some, some uh, awards nominations for it. I don't know if they're going to get it because I think that it might start leaning again towards like people like Riz Ahmed or even in the male side, of, or sorry, in the female side of things yeah. um, towards Francis McDormand for Nomadland. But um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a gut punch of a movie. It's very, very deep. Um, I, with, again, without giving too much of it away, because I really want you guys to track this movie down when it comes out in a couple of weeks on Netflix. Um, it, it's just, it, it's probably the hardest I've cried this year in a movie. And it was, not a relatable topic, but definitely a, a topic and a, uh, um, a situation where as you're watching it unfold, you really don't know how you would handle something of this nature as it's kind of coming. And, and the first 20 minutes are absolutely um, anxiety inducing, are absolutely gripping and pe- like perfectly and, and, and uh, I'd say perfectly well acted and, and captured uh, by the director who, if I remember correctly, this is actually their first film. I will double check uh, the person's name there, but pieces of a woman guys uh, check it out in a couple of weeks. It's coming to Netflix. Uh, it was, a, it was a TIFF premiere this year and I got very, very lucky and blessed to have uh, been able to watch this. The only thing I can compare it to is um, Manchester by the sea with Casey Affleck. A oh yeah. Of- I love the Manchester by the sea. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it, and and the way I compared this film, and I was speaking with it, uh, speaking about it with somebody else a couple of weeks ago who also saw it, was I was like, 
this is a movie I'll, I'll watch once mm. and I'll never watch it again probably because like it, it's just a, a a real gut punch to the emotional core yeah. while you're watching it but it's it's excellent it's absolutely fantastic it's one of the year's best and and i really hope that uh, it gets some eyes to it and then it gets the the praise that it deserves so number four pieces of a woman so so we're trying along here i got a i got a new segment and uh this is our, our third time fourth time actually doing this segment on the show now buddy and uh it's called the over under now what we're going to be doing is steve and i are going to be talking about um a movie that we believe is overrated for the year and a film that we believe is underrated for the year now there weren't a hell of a lot to choose from again we only had about um i mean anywhere between about 100 and maybe 50 to 100 uh entries this year in comparative to like the hundreds of movies that usually come out year over year um but there was a definitely a couple on my radar that i believed were overrated and, and underrated and i think i can speak for you when i say the same sentence so i'm gonna let you take the reins brother and what is your overrated or underrated pick for 2020 okay um okay i'm gonna go with charlie kaufman's i'm thinking of ending things for for uh overrated overrated okay cool wow excellent okay so is we're that kind overrated of though because i guess it yeah of- no it is dude i i think it is i think it's sitting at like something astronomical on rotten tomatoes and uh yeah. i just i don't like charlie kaufman's writing so yeah i, I uh <laughs> I mean, I don't, I actually don't mind him. Um, I just, oh my God, I just, it was one of those movies that I really wanted to like. Um, but it just, as, as it got, as it went on, like I yeah. just didn't, couldn't really make head or tales of what was really <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole car scenes where they're like sitting in the car talking for fucking an hour. I yeah. Just, yeah. I can't like, um, yeah. I mean, the performances weren't bad in it. Um, uh, what's that guy's name? The Blondie guy, Jesse something. Oh, Jesse. Uh, oh, Christ. Clemens. Jesse Clemens. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, Clemens. yeah, yeah. And Tony. Well, Tony Collette is like can't do anything wrong, but she's yeah. not even that long. But uh, yeah. she can't. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you on that one. And I think if there's one silver lining to that, well, it's any to any goddamn movie, it's always Tony Collette for um for for film. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, man? I I, I saw I saw it on Netflix. It popped up a couple months ago. So like. I think and beginning or end of October, I don't remember when it was. I'll well, try it out. Yeah, I mean, it's a Charlie yeah. Kaufman movie. It's, <laughs> I, sh- I should have expected uh, something along those lines, but I feel you, man. Overrated wise. Um, now, I and I don't know if this is going to be on your list. I'm actually scared to answer this right now. Okay. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I had an underrated choice. And I thought you were going to go with my choice for overrated. Okay. Um, so I'm also going to do an overrated film for 2020. And I stand by my choice, goddammit. And I cannot wait till everybody in the comic section starts uh, fucking ripping me apart. Um, David Fincher, I love and adore. He's a fantastic, one of the best directors working today. Um, but Mank to me was a very and I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit brash here Meg to me was a polished turd of a movie mm. okay um i understand it was a passion project of his father's he uh, had a script i guess his father had developed a script and basically he just kind of reworked it to you know uh not only his budgetary uh unlimitations uh but to be more of like a, a homage per se and uh to the to the making of citizen kane um, but Mank just, I couldn't get into it, man. Mank is, is a very long drawn out movie. The, as you said about, about, I'm thinking of anything. Performances, fantastic. They are, are top notch from Gary Oldman and Charles Dance and Amanda Seyfried. But what a movie uh, about just like the old Hollywood way of doing things. And I yeah. just thought it was just a snooze fest. I was really bored halfway through. I think it took me like six hours to watch it because I literally watched an hour, went out for a walk, watched an hour went to the gym, watched the last like 20 minutes and oh, yeah. then couldn't get through. Like, watching it broken off like that too. It's not, yeah, it's not going to help you. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. So, but yeah, make, you know what? And, and I understand that's probably going to be nominated for a lot of Oscars and a lot of awards this year. And I think Fincher, it, I say polished turd with respect because um, it is a great looking movie. It's a fantastic looking movie. It's yeah. probably one of the best looking movies this year, but just from like a storytelling standpoint it's a it's a snooze fest and yeah. there are people who love it within our community and there are people who don't like it I, i've met i've only read a few things of, of people who hate it but yeah. again because it's such a good looking film 
I, I just, I can't hate it because it is also Fincher and, and again, his style of filmmaking is fantastic, but Mank is my overrated film for 2020. So we're chugging along here, man. We're kind of at the, the halfway point. Um, and I'm excited. We, we've got a few few uh, entries here that are, are differential, uh, are differentiating from one another. Um, but I'll let you take the reins here. So as we hit the way, midway point, what is your number three? Okay, so yeah, uh, we kind of already touched on it. Uh, yeah. Number right. three, Christopher Nolan. Done it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, did you see it in theaters? Yeah, I did. I went to see it in theaters. Yeah, the yeah. first night it was out. Um, yeah. It's just so like, it's just, for me, it's more of, it's not even about what the movie actually is about. It's more of a, like, for me, it was more of an experience, like, especially yeah. in, in, in the cinema. It's like, half yeah. the time we didn't really know what was going on, but it was so action packed. The yeah. music, Hans Zimmer, obviously, the score. Yeah. Um, just, there was so much stuff going on in it that I was like, I'm, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm really enjoying it because yeah. it's so action packed. Yeah, uh, and Pattinson, who obviously Washington is 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 the main <laughs> character in it, but I yeah. think when Washington or when David Washington and Pattinson are kind of in the same scene together, I just think Pat Pattinson just his smooth acting is just is yeah. so good in it, and I think uh, he he actually steals the show in in the, in the film. I agree uh, with that. I agree with that. My favorite scene, uh, I think, at least in regards to the the kind of back and forth with with Pattinson and David, uh, John David Washington, is um, their first meeting where they're just sitting down and he orders um, the gin uh, and then he's like, and he'll have a Diet Coke. And it's just like, oh, man, like, dude, you're so cool. And like, you just play it off. Like, you're so smooth. And I was like, I still, I, I stand by my statement. I said this a couple episodes on the show that like, I think Pattinson is one of my favorite actors working now. And I don't care about everything that he did when, when, you know, let's say 10, 15 years ago with the Twilight crap. He has washed that com- palette completely away. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's phenomenal. I'm really, really, really excited to see what else is coming down the pipeline for him. Yeah, um, it shows that he's, he's, he is a versatile actor, like you can tell. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I saw him in that movie uh, with, with uh, Timothy Chalamet there. Uh, oh, The King. King. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, great movie from French. last year. He was, yeah. he was like the French king and he was just so his accent was so French like but it was just it was just so it was so cool to watch him um yeah. in that as well um, he's becoming one of the one of the the kind of standouts of that generation like between because I think he's around our age if I remember correctly I don't think he's much older than us yeah, between like 30 and 40 he's he's the yeah. kind of standout guy I'm really interested to see his interpretation of Bruce Wayne um because he beat out Nicholas Holt and I think Nicholas Holt's a fantastic actor as well but um you know Pattinson does no wrong in my eyes anymore. So yeah, yeah. number three, ten, awesome pick, man, awesome pick. I, I, as you said, I was so entertained. Didn't know what the fuck was going on the first time. Yeah, I I've it. actually only seen it once since. Oh yeah, oh no kidding. Watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, you know the. Scene. I was kind of following it up until you know the scene. I think most people listening now would probably know the scene when I just spoil it. When it goes back into time and everything, <laughs> that's when it just lost. Yeah, I lost yeah. it for me. Like. um but it's still, even at the end, I was still satisfied. Like, I still was like, kind of like, I don't know what happened, but, you know, it's, I still really enjoyed it. So Yeah, yeah. And like I said uh, earlier when I was kind of dissecting it, is, is he takes a swing for the fences. Yeah. Nolan, uh, both with the writing and the directing. And like, I was entertained. Again, took yeah. me a couple times to somewhat figure out what's going on. Still don't know entirely what's happening. But, but I've watched a couple what, of videos. What would be your favorite Nolan? What what's my favorite Nolan? The Prestige. And I stand by really, this. Really, yeah. Yeah, he's okay. my okay. favorite Nolan, yeah. and uh, followed closely. I still got to say, Dark Knight. I just it's an experience yeah. every time I watch it. But it goes neck and neck with Interstellar, man. I think Interstellar is very much in the same vein as this, where it's like you, you at first, like when you first watch it, you're so visually stimulated and you don't know what the fuck's going on that it doesn't matter. And every time I watch Interstellar, same way I'm feeling about Tenant, is I've learned something new and I figure out something new, and mm-hmm. I enjoy it more and more. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. The Interstellar story is a lot easier to follow, yeah. and Tenet clearly as it jumps around forward, backward, forward, backward. Or whatever. I mean, I can watch yeah. a YouTube video and, and have somebody explain it to me, but you know, yeah. he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't put anything out on a plate for for us as viewers. No. I, no, but I mean, I think that I think we need directors like that as well, though. Like, we oh yeah, oh totally, totally, man, totally. Yeah. So, um, going to uh, this one actually snuck onto my list last week, uh, last Friday. 
as you and I were talking on, uh, I think on New Year's Eve and trying to find a day. And I'm actually really happy that we able we were able to do this list later yeah. um, as we're filming on Monday night. Because this movie came out on Christmas Day um, and snuck onto my list. And honestly, God, it's flip-flop between my, my number two and my number three spot here. But I'm going to stick it at number two because number uh, – sorry, number three because number two has got a little bit more sentimental value. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard this. It, it's, uh, it's called Promising Young Woman. He's a really nice guy, really smart. Are you a friend of his? No. So you don't remember the accusations made against Al Monroe? I don't. He took a girl, Nina Fisher the one you don't remember, back to his room where he had sex with her repeatedly and in front of his friends while she was too drunk to have any idea what was going on. She was covered in bruises the next day. Handprints, I guess you could say. Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who Nina spoke to? You. So it's a new movie. Uh, starring Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham and a, a few other people that you'll recognize throughout the movie and more like kind of cameo roles. And it's about a woman uh, who's about, let's say in her early 30s or so, med school dropout. And without ruining too much of the plot, um, it's a kind of a cross between like a revenge thriller and a dark comedy. And how the film starts out is, we have Carrie Mulligan, who is this stunningly beautiful girl who's way too drunk in a bar. And as we, the first kind of sequence or the intro starts kind of kicking in, we start realizing maybe she's not so drunk after all. And maybe she's just trying to lure some fucking sleazeball into uh, a, a situation that uh, might not end up well for him. It is uh, dark. It's so fucking dark of a movie. And... Um, is really, really well directed by, and I got to just check out the director's name here because I got to give her props because she is fantastic. And this is her first feature, not only first feature, uh, but first writing credit as well, if I remember correctly. But it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is directed by Emerald Fennel. Um, if you guys can find this, and it's apparently going to be on premium VOD in a couple of weeks uh, because it's uh, a universal movie. So it, Universal has this thing where after 17 days in theaters, it can also be released on to um, video on demand, but guys, I, I cannot recommend this film enough. It's really dark. It's really funny. Um, tackles a topic of, uh, and and just kind of give everybody a little bit of a, uh, I guess, kind of peek behind the curtain. Um, very in the vein of the a bombshell that came out last year, where it's that kind of like sexual harassment and rape culture. Um, it really puts a microscope on it, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely. Um, superbly written and, and directed by Emerald Fennel. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope Carrie Washington, or sorry, not Carrie Washington, pardon me. Um, uh, Carrie Mulligan gets at least some sort of, you know, uh, comedy nomination at the Golden Globes or something. Um, and even though it's tackling a, like a really uncomfortable topic, uh, it puts that kind of like dark comedy spin on it that I, that I think makes it a little bit more palatable for, for, you know, the general population. Uh, but yeah, buddy, I, I know you haven't heard of this. Check it out when it comes out in like a week or two. I honestly think that you will not be disappointed. I'm really looking forward to you seeing this. Um, yeah, that sounds, it sounds really good. Actually. I just checked it out. There. Fascinating, fascinating movie. Reviews so, as well. So that's good. Yeah, man. So we'll keep moving on here. Um, number two of 2020 down to the wire. Um, so this one, I think, yeah, this one, I think, got mixed reviews. I really enjoyed it. It has a huge cast. I think I know. I think you know what I'm going to say. Here. No, I don't. Um, yeah. Netflix um, actually caught it, uh, picked it up. It was supposed to be a cinema release or whatever, and then Netflix picked it up. Uh, it's Tom Holland's. Uh, Tom Holland is in it, The Devil All the Time. The Lord's delusion in the desert was a game. Of the so-called devil. And what the Lord experienced was a delusion that would have kept him from saving us. But he did not fall for it. It is our delusions that lead us to sin. It's just definitely a slow burner for sure. Um, when I saw the cast, like, you've got Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, yeah. uh, Pattinson, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, yeah, um, Elisa Scanlon as well, who's in Sharp Objects, which I, I really really liked as well. Um, 
it's I love those kind of small town crime um shows like or movies in the south uh yeah. and it's based basically across from it starts in the 1950s 1957 mm-hmm. um it's about a father and son um and uh they're or he, sorry tom holland is the son his mother dies of uh, cancer at the start mm-hmm. um and the father just comes back from from the war and he starts to kind of um there's a lot of, it's a lot of the film is based on religion so um he begins to kind of lose his faith and and a, a couple of um things happen at the start and then it jumps kind of to 1965 then when tom holland comes back to the he goes to war and then he comes back to the same town where he was from um and here we meet like these uh characters who basically the town is just fucked up like there's so many yeah that's what i remember (laughs) characters um living in the town but every single character is kind of there's their story is intertwined together Mm -hmm. um now this the story is is told kind of in a different way like um it would it's not like your normal kind of thriller mystery movie um but and i think that's what when i was watching i don't mean to interrupt I was I was half in and out of I think like taking a nap. Yeah, I missed one or two key parts, and I did not pick up that it was two different timelines until probably like ten minutes past, like actually realizing that I had dozed off at one important part in that first act. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, you know what, man? God sakes, I, I'm not gonna watch this because if you liked it as much as you do, you and I, you and I are, are uh, we we got the same taste in movies. I really gotta finish this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I really enjoyed it. It definitely it did get mixed reviews. I think because mm-hmm. of the way it was taught, it was told. Mm-hmm. Now it is from a book. Um, I think the main theme of it was kind of. It's basically about these people in in this town who are, they're all they all have religious beliefs, um, but they're actually all really bad people. They think doing these acts is going to bring them good, and uh, it, it's like they're actually all just really bad people, and um. It's like that's oh, kind of hard to explain, but uh, <laughs> it's giving it a long away. movie as well. Like, and um, Pattinson is in it as well. Yeah. And it, it, I thought there was a really cool ending to it as well with Tom Holland. Um, so yeah, I think I think that I really enjoy that movie. So I think people should check that out. I'm excited to see Holland in more roles like this, and and I think mm-hmm. that once he gets away from that Spider Man stereotype that i mean and like what a stereotype to have right and and, and yeah. typecast i should say typecast typecast for me um but there's this and then uh, a new movie coming out that he did with the russo brothers that's i think coming out in like if not a couple of weeks maybe about a month or so called cherry and it's yeah. like a hard r um like drug riddled story about a guy coming back from war but yeah i mean holland's holland's a fantastic actor i think when everybody starts seeing him outside and away from a lot of the spider-man stuff they'll they'll start to realize i think this was a good showcase for him or at least a good stepping stone um yeah i was very impressed with him as well i didn't expect him to be to be um that versatile as well so yeah it's, it's good to see him he's in that one with um uh oh what's her name the girl from star wars um oh uh chaos walking yeah, yeah, yeah. Daisy yeah, Ridley. That's it, yeah. yeah. I wonder how that's going to do. I really wonder how that's going to do. I think that might be one of the first kind of big flops of the year. Yeah. The budget, the, I think the budget for that's at like $175 million. And that's been sitting on a shelf since 2017 or 2018, which is scary to think that, that Lionsgate's done that. So is it Lions? I think it's Lionsgate. It's one of the, oh, it's a small. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So I'm going to keep rolling here. And uh, my next one is, is uh, I, you know what? I'm going to stand by. It's not a movie. I know it's not a movie. <laughs> but uh, 2020 was the year of Hamilton for me. Now hear me out, folks. Okay. Went to go see it live in Toronto in February of 2020. Um, had a good time. Enjoyed the show. Had high, high, very high expectations because I had spent about a year with my girlfriend who's an absolute Hamilton nut kind of laying the foundation and, and hearing the cast soundtrack, the Broadway soundtrack, right? So uh, to, to, to my excitement, uh, you know, I go to see the live one and then I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's all right. Was it worth $800? Probably not. But then Disney announces that uh, for the Independence Day weekend, they're going to put the uh, recorded Broadway version of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. 
Um, man, if there's, I think one movie that's really been kind of a defining movie for me, and it's a Broadway show filmed as a movie over the course of uh, three or four performances and spliced together. Hamilton to me has the sentimental value of being able to watch it with my girlfriend, but also watch it with my daughter. And I'm as corny as that may sound. Um, to have a five-year-old who now knows most of the lyrics to all the songs and to be able to sing that with her and share that with her. Um, it's something that like is like a real highlight for the year for me. And um, I listen to the soundtrack frequently in the house here. Uh, I, it still packs like a, a really, really hard emotional punch for me anytime I watch it. And uh, yeah, I know that I understand. And like, this is kind of a cop-out answer. It's not a movie. It's just a Broadway show that was filmed and then just worked together to make it seem like it was a movie. But it uh, it was a cultural phenomenon over the last couple of years, and when it became a hit on Disney Plus, it became, um, I would say, probably a, like a film phenomenon as well because it broke a lot of records on Disney Plus. And at that point, I think Disney Plus had only been uh, up and running for six or seven months. So, yeah, uh, Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton and There's a million things I haven't done Just you wait Just you wait I never actually even really heard of Hamilton until I saw it on Disney Plus and yeah, then yeah. I, saw, I saw a lot of people kind of talking about it and then I was talking to a couple of Hamilton fans mm. and, and they just said that it was incredible like um, and going by what you were saying there it's it's obviously sentimental to you that you can watch with your girlfriend and, and your daughter yeah. as well. So, yeah, I need I I need to go back to that man. I can't believe you've picked three movies that I haven't seen. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, oh, well, I mean, if you look at it though, I haven't seen Wolfwalkers yeah. or um, the, I haven't even finished The Devil all the time. So yeah, yeah, we're we're across the board, but man. And that's why I enjoy talking to you. So. Now that we can watch, yeah, Hamilton. Uh, yeah, you know what, Hamilton. It's um. It's a long one. It's about, it's close to three hours and hours, yeah. it's very fast paced. Uh, you you got to keep your eye on, on what's going on on the screen. Uh, but I think that again, the kind of uh, compactness of the, the stage uh, and the like uh, size of the story and, and the timeline that it takes, uh, takes across, or sorry, it puts itself across. Uh, and again, it's based on true events. Um, it's just, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And, and as I've watched it more and more and listened to it more and more, I just have a greater appreciation for it every time I listen to it. So Hamilton is my, my number two for 2020. Perfect. All right, buddy. I'm excited. I've been actually really excited. I was trying to guess what yours was and I wrote out in a couple of answers and I don't know if we have the same top. Okay. Um, I don't think you're going to guess it. Because... Oh no. Okay. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, it, so this movie, this movie was actually released in 2019. It was, act, it was actually played at TIFF in 2019. But okay. it wasn't released. It mm. wasn't released anywhere until okay. I think it was released in the US in February. And it was released, um, I know, in Ireland or in Europe. It wasn't mm. released till like July. Okay. Um, in the US, it was called The Shadow of Violence. But the real name of it is called Cam with Horses. You were never like this before, you know that? Before them devers got their hands in you. We heard about this fella. But we think it's time to finish the job. We have to do it. Have you oh. heard of it? Whoa, what? What is this? Okay, so it's an Irish film. Uh, director okay. Nick, Nick Rowland. Um, it stars Barry, Barry Cohen. He was in Dunkirk. Okay. Um, he was in Chernobyl and like the killing of the sacred deer. Okay. Um, and he's actually going to be in Matt Reeves' Batman as well. You oh, probably cool. know his face, I'd say. Um, the lead is Cosmo Jarvis. He was in um, Lady Macbeth with, uh, with Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was in Peaky Blinders and like Raised by Wolves as well. So it's, it's, it's a small town Irish indie film. Mm-hmm. Got really, really good reviews at TIFF. I know it was TIFF 2019, but it didn't Fair. come out no, in okay. So I'm saying it's a 2020 <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's okay yeah so basically it's uh it's about this guy douglas arm played by uh cosmo jarvis uh he's this like strong kind of enforcer for this family their uh drug dealing family basically um and their youngest son is played by baron Keown. he be he's basically friends with 
um, arm. The he's basically the enforcer. So the two guys kind of go around small town Ireland, pick up um, drug debts that that they're uh, that they're owed. Um, and Cosmo Jarvis's character is a little—he's like educationally challenged, so he—he he doesn't really know right from wrong. Yeah. And the drug family basically take him in, and they—they they tell him like, "This is what you have to do," blah blah mm. blah. But he has a, a young kid and a girlfriend that obviously the girlfriend doesn't agree with what he's doing, so he has to basically um, decide whether he wants to stay working for the the crime family. Or kind of pick his kid and his daughter over him. Cool. Um, and he has to kind of uh, make a big decision halfway through the film on whether or not he's going to act out this uh, this uh, thing that the family are basically telling him to do. So uh, sounds fascinating. I gotta, I gotta take a, I gotta take a watch. Really, it's an incredible film. I, it's, it got like it's, it's got really, really good um, feedback in Ireland and in Europe, um, and it's actually shot in some places where I'm from. Oh no! Uh, shit. Cool. Yeah, awesome. so it's like this is like real small town Ireland, like rural <laughs> yeah. west of Ireland. Um, the backdrop of some of the the scenes are like incredible, um, and the acting like Cosmo Jarvis is like he's so so good in it. Um, cool. I think you're going to see his name popping up a lot more as well, because um, he was he was in that that um, that show Ridley Scott show was raised by wolves this year. Um, oh that guy oh, okay yeah 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 and I know the, the, the girl actually that's yes. in there by wolves as well she, yeah. she's uh, plays the girlfriend in um cam and horses oh no shit okay cool okay cool yes. cool cool okay oh, i think i checked this out man this sounds phenomenal the two of them from but uh yeah it's really raw it's really uh rugged and it's it's just a really really good story um and it's intense as fuck as well so yeah cool Say it one more time. Uh, Cam with horses. Cam with horses. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Fantastic pick, buddy. I I didn't see that coming. Honest to God. Yeah. Okay. And like now I you know what now I got something to watch tonight. I was I was itching for something new, kind of like off the radar. So that makes me happy. All right, cool. Um. Wow. All right. Well, I I don't know how to follow that up. I I kind of feel like a, a kind of a cop out answer now. Um. I'm actually gonna take a page of this book. I have a two part, and I'm gonna make this quick for the one. Okay, so the first movie I saw in 2020 uh, in theaters, so it went wide at the beginning of 2020. And this is why I'm not getting into this much because technically it's my, my top movie for 2019. Nah, it's not even my top movie in 2019 because Avengers, yeah. nobody, nobody will top Avengers Endgame. But 1917, I think, is still an absolute masterpiece. Now, 17 would have been my top for 2020 had it actually been released in this year. Yeah. But it just yeah. came out just at the cusp of 2019. Um, but yeah, I, I love Sam Mendes. And, and again, it didn't surprise me that it didn't win Best Picture. Um, but that being said, that made room for my number one movie. And my number one movie. And uh, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for, for a good cry and a good story. And a bonding experience with my loved ones. Um, and, and I feel that this, this is definitely not a kid's movie. And you guys might see this one coming now that I say that. Um this is probably the most adult movie Pixar has ever released. And, and the animation is superb. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are hysterical. I mean, the voice acting, we, we, we know that Pixar only gets the best. Um, but it's those last 15, 20 minutes or so that really reminded me like of the kind of like positivity boost that like we need. And 2020 was a rough year, I think, for everybody, um, at least for me. And uh, not in a bad way, but just like a, a different type of year. And I think that as you know um as the year's gone on and we've all been able to rebound and and you know uh, at least i haven't been able to find things that have kept my attention and my love and especially with this podcast going it was a film that just reminded me that you know don't take for granted every second of your life and um yeah it, i i know that you've seen it. I, I read your view on it correct yeah 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 i i enjoyed it as well i i kind of had like a midlife crisis watching it though <laughs> <laughs> right and, and yeah, what am i doing with my fucking life right right um, but yeah, Soul was my number one for 2020, and uh, I think this is one of Pixar, Pixar's best films. Uh, it's up yeah. there for me with Toy Story 3 and Inside Out, and the order of those top three might differ from day to day. Um, yeah, how'd you feel about Soul? I, I, besides yeah. the midlife crisis? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, no, no, I, I, I loved it as well. I thought it was great. The animation, it was so crisp. Like, yeah. I genuinely thought I was watching like a real movie. Like, yeah. Yep. The animation is just getting so much better and better. Yep. Um, 
the humor was great in it as well. Uh, yeah, cool, cool to see Graham Norton actually. Um, vo- uh, the voice and uh, yeah. that, the the girl from um, Hunt from the Wilder People. You know, you know the um, act- actress. I, I don't know her name. name. I know who you're talking about. I can put a face yeah. on you, but I can't remember her name. But um, yeah, no, I I I don't think I loved it, or I, it didn't connect with me as much as it connected with you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, I mean the thing, the the, the stuff that Disney are bringing out nowadays, yeah. it's just yep. it's mind blown. Like it yep. really is mind blown. But it's, I think. This movie was like a wake-up call for me. I was like, oh my God. Man, and I think that that's why... It's not a decisive movie. I think everybody across the board really liked it, but there are some people who are like, eh, it's kind of a mid-range Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's totally fair because, again, it's really not a kid's movie and it's not the type of animated movie that, like, uh, you'd expect. Um, (laughs) Like, I kind of understand why they released it in or on Disney Plus rather than in theaters because I don't know if this would be, like, another, like, Toy story size hit. Like, this deals Mm. with some shit folks and if you're having a midlife crisis and i'm having a mental breakdown in theaters that would just mesh to a bunch of 30 to 40 year olds just sobbing and so i unpopular opinion here now yeah. but i actually i think i nearly enjoyed onwards more than oh wow okay also another hard cry for me i'll be honest again I'm yeah i just story. think yeah, <laughs> i think soul was soul yeah. was great but it was just it was almost nearly too serious for me like i know there was a lot of funny bits in it but yeah. i think onward was just more of it was just much more fun to watch i think i don't know yeah um, but i mean both and a lot of people would say that onward then was just a very mediocre not mediocre but very oh, why? mid-table dizzy movie like yeah. but um i enjoyed the hell out of it and i was fun to watch a couple times over this last year um I'm sure you've rewatched it many a time now. Oh God, Disney, yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus is burnt out. I, I'm, I'm yeah. probably their most active user, but yeah, man, you know what? It was a, it was a good year for film, and you know what? There was a lot, like I said, that didn't come out in theaters that we will be seeing. You and I will be seeing over the course mm. of 2020. I'm excited uh, as I'm doing my list for 2021. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for all your support this year, brother. You've been, uh, you've been the man. And uh, where can everybody find you? Just to give you a shout out there, just to get to over to your page. Yeah, yeah. So my uh, my Instagram page is not uh, Nocturnal Reviews. You uh, you find all my reviews and lists and different kind of edits and stuff on there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure to give give me a follow. Yeah, give him a follow, guys, please. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the Top Five Film Guy, please shoot me a DM. We're always looking for uh, fresh faces and fresh voices over on uh, the podcast and on the channel. Um, you can find me at uh, I am Curdy Mo on uh, Instagram. And then top five film dive on our Instagram account, buddy. Thank you again, and uh, you've been a real help this last year. I appreciate all your help and support, and I'm looking forward to 2021 and getting a couple more of these in with you. So, yeah, cheers, man. Thanks, thanks a million for having me on again. Oh, you're welcome. Um, for me, like it was, it was my first podcast. This is yeah. my second ever podcast. So, yeah. I really, really appreciate you asking me on here, and it's um, uh, been man. really, really enjoyable. So, my pleasure. Uh, looking for looking forward to the year ahead. Anyway, we're gonna have some good movies, hopefully. Hell yeah, hell yeah, and we'll uh, we'll meet up soon. We'll we'll, we'll grab a pint when uh, all yeah, this lockdown sure. shit, uh, when all the lockdown shit keels <laughs> over in, yeah. in our lovely city of Toronto. So, guys, until our next pod or our next review, we're signing off for the top five film dive. Happy twenty twenty one.